superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. How about sexiest bald man alive? Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. To choose Prince William? What's going on? He's not fully bald. I need the names and I need the email addresses of these people. Earlier on the show, Super Bowl champion quarterback Drew Brees. Coming up from the Fox comedy The Moody's, Dennis Leary. Plus, host of Peacock's Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio. And now, it's Rich Eisen. All right, hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show on the air. We just said farewell to Drew Brees. Um, and, um, well, just on the telephone call, he's going to still be on your television sets. And as we get ready for the season, we'll get him on and we'll put him through the uh, the paparazzi paces, get his two cents on a various items going on here uh, in the world. Wanted to hit him on his retirement quite a bit as he's now joining our uh, our family, I guess, if you will, at NBC Sports. Uh, NBC Sports on Peacock. Dennis Leary is going to be calling in um, in, a, in a matter of moments uh, on the program, about 20 minutes' time. Then Mike Florio will join us at the top of hour number three. Chris Brockman will give us a news update in hour number three as we go out the door. There's so much going on in this world, uh, in the sports world, with the final four getting set to be formed tonight. There's um, at least going to be a state uh, team from the state of Texas in the national championship game in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Baylor and uh, Houston playing each other after they won last night. Congrats to those uh, institutions of higher learning for going ahead and getting their men's teams uh, winning four straight in this big dance. Win two more and you cut down the nets. Only one team remaining out of the final six is going to win this tournament. So one of the teams tonight will either have to win three in a row or those two teams on the screen win two in a row and they, they win the national championship. Very exciting stuff for those schools. I cannot wait tonight. I will be settled into my chair this evening. Yeah, what is this? Um, the game-watching situation yeah, for you I tonight. will be in my uh, – whoever wants to join me um, can join me. I'm, I'm – football, I think I need to be left alone. Basketball is the different yeah. vibe for okay. me. You know, football – you know, I bought my house – my new, I bought a, my house about four years ago from a Michigan State guy, and he cursed the house. There's no question about it. <laughs> for football, you mean? Well, for most Michigan sports, I mean, I know, I know, Beeline went on a couple of runs. Yeah, you, you made know. some Final Fours. Uh, yeah, you know, but uh, he he cursed the house. There's no question he cursed the house. I should have known when I bought the place, and I look in his. The you know the room that was his home office and there's pictures of Izzo and <laughs> and and um, and magic on the wall. I should have walked out or or had the little lady from Poltergeist well, clean been, the house. You know what I mean? I have Current, exercised the demons. That would have been wonderful if she had done that. <laughs> and you still got the house. I mean, you think that would have been kind of like an automatic no brainer? Like if I'm looking at a house and I know a diehard Yankee fan lived there, I'm gonna pass. 
I don't care how even great if, it. Even I don't care how great it is. You don't care how great the house is. I don't care how great it is. You don't care. Yankee memorabilia all over the place. Get me out of here. Right. More importantly, if you refinance, would you have used Rocket Mortgage? Nicely done. Mike Del Tufo with the next level. He's been holding on to that one for a while. Spot and dimes. Mike Del Tufo, spot and dimes. And then it could be the Rich Eisen household sponsored by Rocket Mortgage. Very good. Very, very, very good. Um, So, um, you know, uh, the the story of the day is the Ohio State Pro Day right now. Okay. Um, And uh, Justin Fields running a 4-4-4. Very fast. Here we go, Rich. Per Adam Schefter, mm. the only first-round quarterback mm-hmm. to run a faster 40-time at the Combine since 2006 mm-hmm. than Fields unofficial, unofficial, 4-4-4. Tom Brady. No, was it was it the kid who play, wound up playing tight end in the NFL? Oh, um, I know you're talking about the Arkansas quarterback. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Robert Griffin the third. Yeah, RG three ran a four four one in 2012. And again, this is what I'm saying, and and I know people might be saying, "What are you talking about, Rich?" Or you're 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 a Michigan guy who hates on Ohio State people. That's not part of me. The Ohio State people. No, <laughs> I don't. One of my favorite guests here is is Graham Rahal, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. yeah, absolutely. And one of my favorite guests here is Malcolm Jenkins. Uh, Albert calls in Chris, <laughs> once a week. Chris season. Carter, yeah. you know, yeah. OHNO, you know, I mean, all of that, whatever. I, I, I can place this stuff aside. RG3's game was unsustainable. You remember when he ran... And Holodi Nada blew him up on the sideline to the point where even the president of the United States, Barack Obama, tweeted, get out of bounds at RG3. It was like a Mr. Potato Head. It's not sustainable. And that's my concern about Lamar Jackson. He needs to, and he knows it too, and he wants to be known as that. That's why he didn't run at the combine. Lamar probably could have run as fast as Justin Fields. Uh, but yeah. my concern for Lamar <laughs> Jackson is to faster. get him the weaponry, yeah. and that's what they're trying to do to get him, get him the, get him the the, the receivers, and let's start throwing from the pocket. Because you know you can't run from midfield no. to get through a playoff victory all the time, and it is dynamite. It is exciting. He, he's he he was all that and an MVP. He did throw all those touchdown passes in the year he won MVP. But at some point, when you're th- look at Cam Newton. At age 32, 33, 34, the, the, the point is when you draft a quarterback, you want them to play for forever. They're, they're now playing into their 40s. We just hung up with a 40-year-old who's going to the Hall of Fame first ballot. So these are my concerns. Justin Fields, I'm not saying he can't throw. He, he absolutely can. All the dimes that he dropped, and he made every throw against Clemson, literally. He threw, he threw deep, he threw short, he threw darts, he threw rainbows, he threw out routes, he threw every route, and like literally every route tree, he, he's supremely talented. He could put it all together and be one of the all-time greats. There's no question about that. You can't doubt anything anymore in the NFL. But the 4-4-4, I would rather see him be more accurate. I'd rather see him have a better neck-up ability not saying he doesn't. I'm just like that's that's the sort of stuff I'd want to see. The four 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 is just once again it's, like, hey, <laughs> now we we can know you can run away from people, yeah. and that's one of the things we love about Trevor Lawrence as well. But after a while, let's. I am excited for him. Am I going to be accused of being uh, an Ohio State hater? 
pardon me, a the Ohio State hater coming off of this? No, because here's the thing, Rich. When the Jets shock everyone and take, take Justin, Justin Fields, Fields number I'll, two, you're I'll be all you have over no it. choice. And plus, is that be all? I would I would literally be all over yeah. it. I have no choice but to be all over it. But again, my concern, as I said yesterday, and I'll just reiterate it here about the Jets, is I can't believe. You know, I saw my brother yesterday. Uh, as you know that you know my my mom is moving down yeah. to Los Angeles. Yeah, I share course. everything That's here, great. and so I saw my bro yesterday after the show, and I told him, you know, because he's working nonstop. I told him, you know, hey, um, hey, uh, get ready for for Zach Wilson. It looks like, and you know, he, he'd seen the pro day and all that sort of stuff. And I just thought to myself as I was talking to him about it, uh, how many times am I going to talk to my brother about this subject? About like, having a quarterback? About a new uh, looks guy like coming to town? Top five. We're picking yeah, top yeah, five. Yeah. Who might, we're, looks like we're going to have to hope that this kid come from college is yeah. the next Broadway fill in the blank. You know what I mean? Like, how many times am I going to have this conversation with my brother? I mean, how many times are Jets fans going to have this conversation? I'm sick and tired of it. And so you don't want to be doing this every single year. You don't want to be like, oh, gosh, you know, because Sam Darnold was supposed to be, you know, Charlie Yook, the producer from the NFL Network, the King of Spring, he's in charge of all of our combine and draft coverage. Ever, he got me that T-shirt. I put it on Instagram. Not the same darn old Jets, and you know, and the Sam is lit is is you know is is put in green. It's just you know what I mean. He's Samilton. Thank you very much. Thanks, Hoskins. Yeah, he's Samilton. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm I'm, I'm I. Am I really going to go down this road again? And that's why I, that's why these pro days drive me a little bit nuts. And that's why I'm I'm trying to pump the brakes a little bit. It. You, you know, I see it. that. And I'm like, why the hell wouldn't I want Justin Fields to run away from Belichick's defense? Right? Look what happened with Lamar Jackson against Bill Belichick two seasons ago on Sunday Night Football. Go for it. Why don't I? Why Why don't I buy an Well, Look at the way Zach Wilson throws. I mean, when I'm going to start seeing tape, uh, tape of Lance and, and, and Jones and Mac Jones. I mean, Mac Jones is Alabama quarterback. Who was Broadway Joe? Alabama quarterback. Let's go. Let's go. I can't handle it anymore. <laughs> By the way, honestly. I, Rich, I stopped listening to you yeah, because, because we are watching. Mac Jones is pro day right now. First off, the camera, they're, they're barely showing Mac. They're just showing John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan just like gushing over Mac Jones. Then they kind of pan over, and 15 feet away is Saban with Belichick and Josh McDaniels. It's crazy. Like, they're all just, like, having a great time. It looks amazing down there. So, sorry, I was just I stopped yeah, I mean, we got a few minutes ago. Just what I'm saying, you know, I mean, I don't know. Joe Douglas is going to have to figure this thing out. So, you know, 4-4-4, that's great. Is Zach Wilson going to be the guy? Broadway Zach. I saw on Twitter somebody was tweeting at me, call him Zach's Fifth Avenue. Oh, that is Okay, that is the winner. Because you don't want to. Instead of Broadway, you go to Fifth Avenue. Yep, you're right. Walk out of the building. And also, Rich, a few he's got to upgrade to Broadway Zach. Hold on, let me get the name of this. It was dynamite. I should give him. I should give him a prop here. Rich, also a few minutes ago, you said. Could you be accused of being an Ohio State hater? And I'm like, is that really an accusation? Like, <laughs> yeah. Scott Doctorman of uh, of the Athletic. He covers Iowa football for the Athletic College Football uh, uh, Group. There, and then somebody, Fr- Fretwood Mac, who uh, at Fretwood Mac, okay. who clearly has a, a thing official. for a play Stevie on Nicks, words. Yeah, Goldman Zachs. Ooh, I like oh, that. I like that too. 
Good one. Boy, what, These what? are all Berman-like nicknames. I don't know about that one, Rich, because, you know. Fifth Zach's Avenue, Fifth Avenue Wilson. is the winner, You don't want Wilson to have to get bailed out at some point. Nice. You, just don't, oh. you don't want him to be Zach in the box, and we'll be all right. Oh, my goodness gracious. What is happening on this program? I'm done. Totally I like Zach. I like falling Zach apart because of my Jets <laughs> insecurity. <laughs> I am. I, I'm. So I'm watching all this. And Mac Jones, man. So, again, everyone's trying to put pieces together. Mac Jones, Pro Day, and and now the 49ers, as you heard yesterday, uh, Daniel Jeremiah stopped me in my track saying, yeah, it's not going to be for Trey Lance, and it's not going to be maybe for Justin Fields. It's going to be for Mac Jones. Mac Jones is the, the Shanahan guy, and everyone's like trying to now draw Oof. comparisons from Mac Jones to everybody's assumption of what, the ultimate Kyle Shanahan quarterback is in Kyle Shanahan's mind. You know who that is, right, Chris? It's Kirk Cousins. Because everybody assumed they were going after Kirk Cousins. Yeah, forever. 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 And we've never heard anything remotely close to a confirmation of that until Kyle Shanahan showed up yesterday at the press conference, hopped up clearly on sodium pentothal, which is what you get for truth serum. And so I'm pointing out to both of you folks about that. I could have just said that. Hopped up like he's on a, on a, a lie detector. He's attached to a lie detector like in Meet the Parents. Okay, he's meeting the media. And yes, you know, in an hour one we played that soundbite where he was totally honest about amazing. you know Jimmy G's our guy now because he's gives us the best chance to win and certainly around a rookie quarterback and if it was a free agent coming in maybe not but the rookie quarterback that's coming in maybe he's not going to be good enough right now and you need to have Jimmy G and we can keep like he couldn't have been more honest about it he was asked about the whole Kirk Cousins stuff and seeing if they can extrapolate based on what quarterback they're targeting in the draft on the abilities of this quarterback and Cousins. To say that my prototypical guy is someone like Kirk Cousins, I mean, that's just, everyone knows my history with Kirk. We drafted him in the fourth round at Washington. I got to coach him for three games. Um, we were fired. I left. Thought we'd have a chance to get him here in free agency. Um, and I would have loved to have him in free agency until Jimmy came along the year before. Because I thought we could have won with him, um, just like Minnesota has. Just like um, I think Kirk does a good job for whatever team he plays for every year. Um, there's a number of quarterbacks like that. Um, but to, that's the only one I've been associated with because people thought I was trying to bring him here, which I was at the time. It's not because that's how you draw it up. Um, if you're going to draw it up, you're going to draw the, the biggest, fastest, strongest, and best quarterback um, in the pocket. So I think that's pretty ridiculous to say that. But I also tell you I love Kirk. Kirk's, I know I'm not allowed to talk about other players, but I, he, Kirk's a hell of a player, and a lot of people would be lucky to have a quarterback like that. Kyle Shanahan! I mean, fantastic! He's just spitting truth, and he has got no more Fs to give. None. I, think, I mean, so it seemed to me like that was a brew, a mix of, hey, Everybody thinks Kirk Cousins is my prototypical quarterback. He isn't. He was my choice back in the day, right. but he isn't my prototypical. If I had to draw it up, I'd draw somebody with all of these attributes that aren't associated with Kirk, but I need to now build him up because I do love the guy. And by building him up, I might be tampering. <laughs> that was that whole brew yeah. of just like... I realized. When I was a kid, they were yeah, all like, like, oh, the, no, the flying Willendis. You remember that? The, the, yeah. the family that used <laughs> to walk Willendis. the tightrope across the, the Grand Canyon? Uh -huh. Like, that was that. That answer was that version of walking the tightrope. 
So what do you take out of that? Other Kyle. than the fact that, yeah, they we're trying to get Kirk Cousins. Kyle yeah. Walenda. Kyle Walenda, <laughs> your new head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. What do you learn? Don't don't look for the most Kirk Cousins quarterback in the draft. Look for Kirk Cousins. I, I mean, or, I, that was a fascinating answer. That was just truly amazing. It was like he was like, he was chapped, and then he was honest, and then he was pulling back. That was a fantastic, that's like my favorite soundbite of the year right now. And he looks at Lynch like I know I'm not supposed to like, talk hey, about sorry other players. About this, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't find me. My, I mean, the Vikings are probably like, you want them? <laughs> <laughs> do you want, instead of firing tampering charges, like, no, really, do you want them? Who says no? no Vikings, really. 49ers, straight up Kirk for Jimmy G. Who says no? Yeah. What are you going now? Give me that one again. Straight up, Kirk for Jimmy G. Who says no? You like that? Ooh. Vikings are 49. Oh, my God. Can they cancel each other out? And, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. trade up in the draft? Because that's what it sounds like the Niners did. <laughs> Let's take a break. Dennis Leary, when we come back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Love this guy. He's on the Moody's on Fox Season 2. And then so much more to chat with Dennis Leary when we come back. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show is one big happy simulcast family on NBC Sports on Peacock. If you're listening on radio and want to see us, you can get uh, Peacock for free and uh, check us out at uh, PeacockTV.com is how you can also get us for free. And you can listen to us on uh, Rich Eisen Show, Terrestrial Radio Network, Coast to Coast, and also Sirius XM Channel 211. Love this guy. Uh, we interviewed him for one of our podcast specials back in the day before this we show did. was born, right? We did. Chris? Um, at the, at the NFL offices, I think. At the yeah. NFL offices, yes, back in the day. Uh, loved his, I just love this guy. And he's on the Moody's. Uh, season two premieres with two back-to-back episodes on Thursday night at 9 Eastern on Fox. He is Dennis Leary. How are you, Dennis? Hello, Rich Eisen. <laughs> where, are, you, where are you right now, Dennis? Where have I found I, you? I am back uh, in New York, actually. I was up in Canada. Shooting the Moody's uh, until about a week ago. Okay. <laughs> Talk about cutting it close. Yeah, so I'm, I'm finally back in New York. Back in New York City. Um, so so uh, how how do you handle Brady winning for somebody um, else, Dennis? It was strange. 
um, times for, for Boston sports fans, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, the Red Sox, uh, let's not even get into that. But yes, okay? we can leave them aside, sure. I, I, I mean, it's, we're back to where almost to where we were before before <laughs> the, the late last 90s? twenty-one we're years ba- started, <laughs> yeah. right? So you know, uh, you know, I'm a uh, a huge Boston fan, and I and I, you know, I uh, coach Belichick. I mean, you did that uh, that amazing special with him, which yeah. is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. The, the greatest players of all time thing that was fantastic. It was amazing. Me. Thank you. Oh my God, just. That was like such. I couldn't wait for each new episode to come on when that thing was on. Well, he was amazing, Dennis. I mean, and and again, I think I know you reached out to me when that aired uh, on NFL Network, the the NFL 100 uh, all time team. Um, being around Belichick made me think there's no way anybody could ever beat him. Certainly, if it comes down to just him matching wits with somebody else. Because he, he yeah. the the stories that he would share that he would pass along to the team to make sure that they were situationally prepared. Like, oh, one time when uh, Jerry Rice, uh, you know, uh, beat us this way, or you know, one time, you know, when uh, March Abroda told me about X, Y, and Z, and he passes that along to his players. Like, who the hell else can do that? I mean, no, I mean, hey, listen, and it, it, well, anyways, I mean, I don't have to tell you how great the show was, and the, and the fans out there know, but yeah, it, it really put, puts on display. How deep is, and if I got the genius label, just how deep his knowledge about football, past, present, and and future has always been, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's an astonishing level of, of information he has in his head. So, you know, I mean, I have to go along with Coach Belichick when Tom Brady leaves. I, I, we don't have a lot of pieces. We need to spend some money. We need to have better drafts and everything, you know? So <laughs> it was the weirdest football season because we sucked. The Patriots suck, and and it was clear to me from the beginning. Like we're just going to suck. This is, you know, this is going to be really interesting because we're going to suck. I can only hope secretly that things don't go well in Tampa Bay because you're thinking if they suck in Tampa Bay, maybe Tom comes back. Right? Uh, you were holding out hope for that, Dennis. This is this is how 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 uh, you know blatant of a. a a Brady Belichick reunion. I wanted. Yes. I was like, things will suck in Tampa Bay. Tom says, ah, maybe I should retire. Belichick, you know, entices him back to the Patriots. But I have to say, also as a football fan, just as a Patriots fan, you know, watching Brady, like you said, you guys are the same. It's crazy. Seven out of ten. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Well, look, I know it, it really is uh, unlike anything else. The numbers are stupid. They're ridiculous. They're stupid, and you have Mahomes. You know, you have a team that the defending champions with you know one of the uh, potentially greatest quarterbacks from his generation, right? And he just goes in there and goes like, "Yeah, me Gronk and the other guy. Yeah, okay, we got it. Yeah." Oh my God! I know. I didn't mean. I mean, I didn't mean. I guess I meant to go there just to start it, but you know. Well, listen. Uh, there's no way not to go there. If we're going we're to talk about that, or we're going to talk about Mookie Betts goes to L.A. Can't turn around without fighting me in the ass. But I think I was thinking about this because I, I knew you'd bring it up. I was like, you know what? It's sort of payback time a little bit for Boston fans. I mean, what do you mean? The Bruins are in contention. They're having some problems right now. The Celtics are okay, mm-hmm. but you know. We had a lot of championships, so maybe it's time we have to a little downtime for us. But I have a lot of faith in Coach Belichick. The signings, you know, I, I think he's he's he, he knew he had to rebuild, so he's rebuilding. Uh, you know, I have some faith. Now, and as you know, uh, Dennis Leary here on the Rich Eisen Show. As you know, 
Um, you have to make smart decisions in the draft. Um, being the coach of draft day, Dennis, you've seen that firsthand. You know how. Uh, you know, listen. But, uh, you know, I don't know if I, you had. The, I don't know if you had the same power uh, as Belichick does <laughs> in draft day, Dennis. But you know, I did. Uh, you know, not a lot of people know this, but uh, I used uh, coaches. The coach, the character was kind of loosely based on uh, John Gruden. Okay. You know? But they kind of threw that away. Uh, but I, I approached, you know, I asked uh, Coach Belichick if he would give me, if he would read the script and give me some notes as research, which he did. Come on. Um, really? Yeah which, is, yeah, which was really nice of him. But it's hilarious because there were several instances in the movie. You know, there's the thing where we plant, uh, you know, some money in a playbook to see if a player uh, actually reads the playbook. You know, because uh, if he did, he'd find a $20 bill. You know, he was like, yeah, well, that was our thing. We did that with the Giants. Like, everything that was a reference point of comedy or football knowledge in there, he knew about. So he picked them out. He's like, yeah, that's from blah, blah, blah. That's from bing, bang, boom. You know, so, but yeah, I actually got Coach Belichick to give me some pointers on um, what I needed to know and not know what was real or not real in terms of my character. Get yeah. out of here. I did not know that. So did he give, because, yeah. you know, again, he picks the groceries there, too. Did he give Costner that whole thing about having uh, the, the note in his pocket about no, the player? that was already in the script. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that wasn't that was already in the script. Okay. But he did. He was like, he's like, listen, you know, you should do this, and you should, you know, uh, I, you know I actually said, you know, it would be on the nose. I had said, like, you know, I'm going to try to talk these guys into letting me dress like you. And he, was, he was like, yeah, you, you can do that if you want. But to Ivan Reitman's credit, the director, he was like, now that's, we don't want to be Belichick. So let's not, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but, um, yeah, it was interesting because, you know, he, he, uh, he's such a fascinating guy. I think I might have told you this story before, but years ago when we were doing Rescue Me, <clears throat> when I first got to know him, which was through a couple of mutual friends, you know, um, he he was a fan of the show, and he said, hey, you know, I, we were at some charity fundraiser or something, and he said, hey, you know, I'm coming to New York, you know, next month if you guys are shooting. I'm like, yeah, we are shooting. So I'd love to drop by the set to see what it's like. <sighs> so I was like, of course the guys on the set, you know, they're all sports fans, right, the guys in that cast. So I'm like, okay, so I tell everybody, hey, Coach Belichick might be coming, you know, and they're all like, <laughs> what? So Phil Esposito played a small recurring role as a as a captain, uh, fire captain on the show. So I set it up like Coach Belichick will be there the same day, you know, and he'll come in and he'll do like, a, you know, he'll get a little cameo if he wanted to be on camera, which he was like, oh, that would be fantastic because he wanted to meet Phil, right? Sure, Espo. But I have to tell you, when he came on that set, you know, he, he didn't have to be there till like 6 o'clock at night because we were shooting, you know, bulk of the day without him. He said, can I come first thing in the morning? I'm like, yeah, he came, he has a notebook, and, you know, we're busy, you know, we got them set up by the monitor so we can watch what we're shooting. And he's, he keeps asking questions. He's like, so now what are those, that, those guys over there, what do they do? And I'm like, oh, those are the grips. So when we need to have some stuff fixed lighting-wise, they come in, their boss is that guy. And he's like, oh, and he starts writing down notes. And for the rest of the afternoon, he's writing notes and watching people interact and then asking questions. Like, so now what about this thing? When the actors, you know, are ready to go, and uh, what about the price? So I'm like... This is really interesting. And at lunchtime, he goes, hey, this is just like a team. I mean, it's, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's totally like a team. He's like, yeah, I'm very interested in the psychology, the way I see everybody. And I'm like, holy, this is unbelievable. This is, like, you know? We wow. can't believe it. Like, we're, that's amazing. Yeah. So does that Literally, 
the most curious guy, how do those lights run up there? You know, how do those run? Because this was on the stage, you know, on the studio stage. He just was fascinated by everything, but he was also, he didn't know about it, so he wanted to find sure. out what it was like. And he's right, because, of course, filmmaking is like a, it's a team. You have like 150, 200 people there. The actors are the thing everybody sees, but, you know, there's people handing us the props, there's sure. people like all that. And he was very interested in how that ran and how, how you kept the spirits up, because you could see that we were all sort of, you know, uh, making each other laugh, and with the same thing with the crew. So it was really fascinating for him, but I was fascinated that he would be that interested in it. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, he's, he's curious because you never know what he can pick up about anything to do with a team. Does that make you the Brady of this scenario? <laughs> Dennis? You know what, Rich? I'm glad you pointed that out. <laughs> <laughs> Although, unlike Brady, when it came to the Emmys, I was 0 for 10. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was, I was 0 for 5 at the Emmys and 0 for 5 at the Golden Globe. There you so, go. So, well, there you, you go. If you were only on the DL-12 system, Dennis, <laughs> who knows? You could have gone 7 for 10. The DL-12 system, you know what that is. That's, uh, that's seven cups of coffee and 25 <laughs> cigarettes. That's what that is. <laughs> Little Jameson? <laughs> no. Oh my God, that's so that's so funny. The DL twelve. The DL twelve yeah. with a little bit of electrolytes uh, is Jameson. You know, something like that. Cigarettes. Yeah, six sure. Cigarettes, six beers. That's the DL twelve. <laughs> Dennis Leary here uh, on the Rich Eisen oh show. Oh my God. Anyway, before I get to the Moody's. Um, what was you know, it? I miss being in this live in the studio. I mean, well, we miss you over, too, except for uh, the fact that you 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 fired a, a golf ball at me one time, Dennis. You Listen, like literally seven ironed it Rich, in my direction. Rich, you know, there's only two shows in the history of all the talk shows I've ever done. That's yes. from you know Letterman all the way up to present day. Only two shows have I been allowed to take over the desk. <laughs> And turn the host into the uh, sidekick. Okay. The, the Daily Show with John Stewart and the Rich Eisen Show. It's the only time hey. it's ever happened. I will take that and hey. run with it, sir. I will take. No one can never take that away from me oh, to use man. the football That's championship right. phrase. We all always have that, Rich. <laughs> I don't remember it when my life flashed before my eyes when I saw that uh, Callaway go right past my head. That was great. I, you know, I, I have a picture of uh, so one of your guys or somebody took a picture of me firing that golf ball, and then they took a picture of me at the desk when I took over. We'll I, have them, I have them in my phone someplace. Fantastic. Well, we'll, we'll post them, too, <laughs> at Rich Eisen Show. Uh, Dennis Leary here on the program. Before I get to the Moody's with you, uh, yeah. what was it like to be on the set of The Sandlot? How old were you? And that was the beginning of your career. And, uh, man, I've got so many questions. Did you have any idea what that could possibly be in terms of all-time sports movies? No. I, so I, my career had just taken off, you know, uh, in terms of getting famous. And I had done, uh, you know, I had a couple movies in the camp, big movies. And somebody called, you know, but they were like, uh, one was Demolition Man, I think, was either, had, yeah, Demolition Man had just started in Judgment Night, right? Yeah. Um, they were, they were, in the, and they were, sort of, they hadn't come out yet, right? And they were big budget movies, you know, and, you know, action movies. So somebody called me, I can't remember who, and said, hey, there's this little baseball movie, right? Blah, blah, blah. And I go, oh, that's interesting. So I got the script and I was like, wow, this is just like, this is literally just about a bunch of kids playing baseball. And the part, you know, was uh, was sort of, I think it was like two weeks I had to shoot. You know, what they were shooting for like six, I was only shooting for two weeks. So I looked at it and I said, you know, I'm going to do this because this is like, I like the story. I mean, you know, I'm one of those guys, I, you know, I cry to feel the dreams. You know what I mean? I'm like, sure. 
uh, I'm a baseball guy, a sports guy, father's and son. So that's why I took it. And then, you know, then I was like, what did I just do? They always tell you, don't work with dogs and kids. Those are the two things you don't want to work with in, in show business, right? And I'm working with a giant dog and all kids, right? So I got there, and I, I'll be honest with you, you never know if the movie's going to be big or not, but those kids, the director was, he had, they had been working already for a couple of weeks. He had those kids in such, uh, you know, they, their energy was all sort of uh, focused at the right points when the cameras were rolling. And I'm looking at these kids and I'm going, these kids are great, you know? They're really fantastic. So the funny part was in between uh, takes, they were, they were, you know, they were all little kids, but some of them were actually older already, you know, mentally as well as physically. Mm-hmm. So that kid, Benny the Jet, the kid who played my son, his mm-hmm. sister was there, and she was slightly older. She was like 14. And Benny the Jet, um, every time we took a break in like a lighting break or a setup, so it's like 15, 20 minutes, and it was time to start shooting again, they'd go, ah, somebody go get Benny the Jet, and he'd off, be off flirting with my son's uh, sister. So I was like, well, this kid, this kid's the one who's on the ball. But anyway, um, it was, you know, you could tell the kids were good, you know, so you, you never know if a movie's going to have staying power. But those kids were, they really had, a, they were funny, you know, they were uh, energetic on camera. They were great. Um, and I, I just shot for two weeks and, and crossed my fingers. And now, you know, literally, how many years later, it's still, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, you could do the math. It's 27 years later. It's yeah. uh, and and um and so many people name it as one of their top favorite uh, as one of their favorite sports movies of all time. Were any of your shoot days on the same day as James Earl Jones, or or did you? Yes, but you know that was uh, I, I didn't have any scenes with him, which is right now. Now you know he's James Earl Jones. That's right, right. Yeah, that's so you, right. And I'm just starting out. He has no idea who I am, but he was the kindest, nicest, sweetest guy. Right, just and it, yeah, and it's an extraordinary actor. So I, I watched him work a little bit, but also the way he treated everybody was just amazing. And then years go by, and I'm I'm working with Costner, mm-hmm. and I I brought him up to Costner, and Costner was like, um, "Is he not the greatest, sweetest guy?" <laughs> I mean, and that voice is as soon as he starts talking to you in real life, you're just like, "Oh my God, he's talking to God!" <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like when I think of the voice of God, I think of James Earl Jones. Of course, you know. I know, and he's been in the Sandlot and Field of Dreams, and that what you brought talking about with Costner and Draft Day. I mean, you've been in some, uh, some you know, and obviously the, he, he's been in two of the greatest sports movies of all time, and you've been in some. I mean, that's great stuff, man. That that's that I, is well, a, listen, Costner. I cannot. I, I think I've told you that before. I did that movie. You know, I like football, and I like Ivan Reitman. You yeah. know, and it was a good script. But I did it purely because I wanted to do a, a Costner sports movie. That's right. The next best thing would be a western. So I said uh, yes. Right, immediately. And Costner was just, you want to talk about, number one, a great guy. Number two, just the, like, you know, you, you, when you're working with him on camera, man, it's just so, he's so good at what he does, you know? And, and honestly, when you say sports movie with Costner, you think he's, he's, he's done doing it. And then when he did, done doing those genres, and then he does draft day, it was just like seeing somebody, you know, an old friend back in the saddle. You know what I mean? And yeah. his yeah. speech at the end of draft day is as good as any sports movie speech that he's ever 
done. And let me tell you something it. else about him. Like, you know, Yellowstone is getting yes. know, like all the press for him right now because it's a big hit television show. And that's in his wheelhouse, you know, uh, as a sort of modern-day Western, right? But there was a movie that came out this year. It didn't get nominated for an Oscar, but it should have, called Let Him Go. Did you see that movie? I did not, no. I okay. have not. So look, look it up. It's a little movie called Let Him Go with him and Diane Lane. And it's a, it's a Western set in, like, the late 60s, early 70s, about him and his, his wife, Diane Lane, trying to get their grandson back. And he, again, within the Kevin Costner realm of what he does, he is so unbelievably good in that movie. It's just, you know, as an actor, sometimes I look at him, I go like, this is why the guy's a movie star. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's so good. And, and, you know, how many Westerns have you seen him in? And I'm watching him in this movie, and I'm going, like, he's doing stuff I've never seen him do before. It's amazing. You know? He's the best. Dennis Leary here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk about the Moody's. Um, you're just fresh back from shooting it. Uh, what can we expect out of season two? What are you excited about about this? Dennis? Season two. So there's the, the thing I tell everybody is, you know, yeah, okay, me and Elizabeth Perkins, and she is astonishingly a great actress, right? You know, Emmy winner as opposed to me. You know, so people might, you know, hear my name and her name, and that's what they, you know, they draws their attention. But I'm telling you that the three kids, Francois Arnaud plays one of our sons, Jay Baruchel. Yes. I don't know if you've ever interviewed him. Yes. But, uh, you know, just, and he's already got an established comedy uh, street cred. But Chelsea Fry, who plays my daughter, mm-hmm. she is just unbelievably kick-ass in this show. She's hilarious. So those are, I would say, listen, if you're coming for me and Elizabeth, you're going to find yourself laughing at those three because they're, they're just genius. But um, there's, some, uh, there's a couple of uh, uh, hockey episodes. It Fantastic. wasn't my idea. The, the writers created this. So there's some good hockey stuff, some good sports stuff in there. But most of the time, listen, we're just, it's, it's set up. Uh, this year that there's a family wedding, which you find out about literally in the first 15 seconds that um, has obviously already gone wrong. And then we flash back. Uh, it's an Easter wedding. And then we flash back uh, to, yeah, to how it went wrong. That's basically the entire eight episodes. And uh, back-to-back episodes start uh, on Thursday night, 9 Eastern on Fox. And Elizabeth Perkins, you mentioned she won uh, some, some awards. She's on the EP12 system. Dennis, she's, that's, uh, clearly, right. that's what has, you got to do. On the EP12 system. You got to go. That's check, what you want. That's check it out. That's what I'm saying, Dennis. That's called a callback yeah. uh, in in your industry, <laughs> Dennis. <laughs> yes, it is, my friend. No actual retail price. That's, a, <laughs> that's one of the best. <laughs> he is one of the best. Uh, I had forgotten about that one. Man. Uh, I just. Yes, uh, Joe Actual and two, uh, Jim Two Silhouettes on Deshaies is my favorite. I mean, uh, and also uh, Bert Be Home by Bly Levin. That's exactly <laughs> like, right. I remember. I remember when I think when he first said that one because I think I was watching and I was just like, you "This guy, he's insane. He's this the best." Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, yep, that's Berman. Hey, Dennis, that's why he's the only one to come up with those because you think you can come up with them, but you can't. Real, you can't. You, know? you, you try. He's he, he's one of those guys who who's just like you said, like Costner. He's he's he's. Oh. One of the yeah. all-time greats in in in, uh, in you know the television sports profession and broadcasting professions, who is one of the nicest people. But again, the yeah, num- you're right. No, one of the nicest guys. No question, just, Berman. But yeah. the number of people that come up to him and say, "I got one for you," you know, I okay. Oh, I know. What do you got? <laughs> I know. Why are you even trying? You know what I mean? It's like going up to Ted Williams and saying, "Like, listen, I think I have the solution to this." <laughs> you know I mean? Don't don't. 
Don't do that to Boomer. Just let him give you one. That's okay. Right. I know. Mom. Let him hear your name, and maybe he comes up with one for you. Exactly. <laughs> Dennis, thanks for the call. Let's do this more often. I, I really yeah, I, I enjoy chatting. I'm seeing you when we're out of this. I, whether I have something to push or not, if I'm in L.A., I'm coming to the studio. And the desk is yours, sir. Boom. The desk will be yours. I can't wait. Thanks for the call, Dennis. You take care. All right, guys. Bye. He is the man, Dennis Leary, at Dennis Leary on Twitter and Instagram. How great is that? Oh, my God. Belichick, he reached out to Bill to get I mean, some stuff in draft day. And then unbelievable. Bill shows up on Rescue Me. I've never heard those stories before. Never heard that before. Love Espo. Espo. I mean, I. That's amazing. Phil Esposito. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah, he he didn't push for the hockey episodes. They just magically appeared. <laughs> of course, I'm sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> On the Moody's. Very good. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, a rarity for us here. I have to issue a correction. Oh, oh no! What yes. happened? Oh. You guys don't even know. Oh no! I have to issue a correction. Oof. We come back. This is the Rich Eisen Show. You're on the Rich Eisen Show back here with our radio, 844-204-RICH, here on Peacock. We've been here almost seven years, right, Chris? Almost. Uh, I'm about to do it first. I have to issue a correction. I have to issue a correction on something I never thought I'd have to issue a correction on. Remember I went all in, all ham yesterday on the world's sexiest bald man oh, yeah. i mean we saw it everywhere right stanley tucci tweeted about it the everywhere. rock tweeted about yeah, it everywhere our boy glaze went all in on it you know because <laughs> prince william was named world's sexiest bald man he was and i went all in on people magazine for it yeah right yeah Uh oh and um so i called publicist to the stars zach rosenfield yes <laughs> my publicist zach. great guy to say, hey, you know, you fellow saw fellow ball brother. Yes, brother. He's totally all in, too. Yes. And I said to him, get me someone from People Magazine <laughs> okay. to debate it today. Because I wanted to go back and forth. As you know, I said I wanted names and email addresses of the people who said Prince William, who's not even a bald man. He is balding. I need the names and addresses of the People Magazine people and who decided let's do something called World's Sexiest Bald Man anyway. Asinine. You know what the answer came back from Zach? Wasn't People Magazine. <laughs> and how did they get attached to it? Because they reported what the Sun newspaper oh. in the UK oh. had reported. And the story in the Sun in, oh. in, in the UK is, here's the lead. Prince William beats Mike Tyson and Jason Statham to be named world's sexiest bald man. And the lead is the thir- Prince William has been named as the world's sexiest bald man. The 38-year-old Duke has been described as quote-unquote sexy a whopping thir- 17.6 million times online in blogs, reports, and pages found in Google searches, comma, researchers found. They don't name the researchers. They don't name why they even make this a story. They don't name why they've done anything on this front other than naming that boxing legend Mike Tyson came in second with 8.8 million quote-unquote sexy, quote-unquote hot, or quote-unquote attractive mentions on the internet. What? Jason Stadium Jason Stadium was in uh, third place. Vladimir Putin <laughs> missed out on a spot in the top 10 with 2.2 million results. Patrick Stewart got 1.1 million sexy mentions online, and that's the end of the story. Oh. 
People picked it up. We assumed it was people coming up with world's sexiest bald man and went all in on him. Sorry, Rich Eisen. So now you kind of figure out, I guess, still. I mean, still, I mean, though. Still, still. Yeah. Still. I, I, I don't know if this is because it's the U.K., the British people thinking one of their own royal tea or members of the royal family is hot. Is this worldwide? Or They named him world sexiest bald man. I mean. But it's based on the Google searches? Uh, or blog mentions, reports, and pages, which means there's got to be more blogs about Prince William than most, yeah. right? True that. Right. So I don't know if it makes me feel better. Or that this is totally skewed <laughs> or worse, that there's 17 million people that a feel Prince William is either sexy or hot or whatever, or the fact that 17.6 million people look at him and say, that's a bald man. <laughs> Which is worse? The latter. Because we're lumped in with him. Right. Yeah. We're bald. Yes. We're bald. Right. William, not bald. Not bald. Balding is different than bald. Exactly. So I'm still outraged. <laughs> right the outrage so. hasn't subsided by no, any no, stretch. No, no, no. Second. <laughs> All right. Ryan Reynolds liked the tweet that we sent out about it because you had it at Van City Reynolds. <laughs> because, because Stanley Tucci Stanley included him in yeah. his list of bald people. Right, right. That's which why was I did funny. That. That's why I did I'm that. glad that we... We slid in there. Jumped on right there. <laughs> Got a little bit with the Leica, maybe a little yeah. bit more exposure because of Ryan Reynolds' Twitter None account. None of the other people that Stanley Tucci had included had Twitter outside of The Rock. No, no, but good job. Never know. Throw it out there. Never see know. what comes back. Throw it out there. You definitely, you know, this is the tweet up on the screen right there. Yeah, like Mark Strong. Mark Strong, who's been on this show. Jason Statham and Bruce Willis, no Twitter. <laughs> I'm still outraged, but I say to People Magazine, my bad. I don't know if this is the Michael Irvin way of apologizing, which is same intensity. Don't lose that intensity. (laughs) This isn't a nine-minute long rant in which I lay it at the feet of People Magazine. (laughs) You can. So I said to Zach, publicist to the stars, I guess there goes my uh, my feature in People. Me yeah. and Sue's. Sorry, hon. There goes our People feature of us and our three beautiful children, including one dominating the NCAA pool. There it goes. Out the window. Kind of like Prince William's hairline. Not completely out. 17 million people look at him and say, that's sexy. And 17 million people, even worse, think that's bald. What are we doing? Balding. Get it straight. What are we doing? Get it straight, everybody. Just because he's rich and famous and royal doesn't mean he's sexy because he's balding. You straight? (laughs) We good? Money makes you. Thank you, T.J. Jefferson. Mike Florio, Hour 3 and your calls.